Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM, it's Rabbi Levi Afton, and you are here live just four days before Rosh Hashanah. This is the 12th of September, and here we are trying to get into the zone for Rosh Hashanah through the platform of radio at Chai FM. You were just listening to the beautiful melody of Avinu Malkeinu composed by Rabbi Shneur Zaman of Liadi, the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, as sung by Mati Steinitz beautifully and passionately. And throughout the show, we're going to be playing various um, High Holidays music to get us into the zone. Um, music plays such a role, especially in these days, uh, there's so many familiar tunes. There are so many um, powerful memories that connect to the music. I encourage you to, to come to Shul to listen to the, not to listen, to participate, to participate in the singing, to connect to the melody. Um, there's a reason why the melody plays such a powerful role in these days. I mean, every word has a nusach, there's a, there's a tune, there's a traditional tune, Obviously, different nuschaot, there are different traditions, Sfardi, Ashkenazi in general, and many more in specifics. But uh, there's a melody, there's a way to, to bring us into the mo- into the moment, right? Every every tune has a an agenda uh, where it's trying to get us, and we're here to try to get into that feeling. Rosh Hashanah has a feeling. If you show up to Rosh Hashanah and you're feeling like it's Pesach, then something's off. Show truth is if you show up to Pesach and you feel like it's Yom Kippur, it's also off. Although they both have in common that you don't eat much. Um, but each place has a, a zone, and the music is one one dimension, one factor that helps us get into the zone. And that's why throughout the show we're going to play. We're going to play. We just played Avinu Malkeinu. We're going to soon put on Chamol Amasecha and Ochila Lakel, and then Unetana Tokef. Various uh, melodies of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that will help us get into the zone. But in between the music, we're going to try to get to the zone through the power of speech, through sharing ideas. Ideas can also move us. Maybe not as much as uh, music, right? You can listen to the same song hundreds of times. You cannot listen to the same idea hundreds of times. Um, a bit of a tangent, but they always, the, I think it was Ramnachman of Breslov. I'm not sure who said it, that when many people speak together, it's an interruption, and when many people sing together, it's harmony. Music has the power that you can hear it over and over, that many people can do it together. Speaking, if I'm giving a speech and the world and uh, the community's talking at the same time, that is not very uplifting. Um, music, on the other hand, we can all sing together, which is magnificent. And... Uh, yeah, and you could hear it and uh, participate in it multiple times, and it could move you every time. Although, to be fair, on the other hand, tangent number two, like the famous uh, joke that uh, rabbis say, I don't know if anyone else finds it funny besides rabbis, but <laughs> it's still funny, at least I'm a rabbi, so I, I find it funny, is that uh, how many times can you, a rabbi share a joke? How often? And the answer is once in 10 years. And how often can he share a story that he shared before? Once a year. And how often can he share a thought? 
twice in one speech. Um, you can share the same thought twice in one speech. Again, rabbis find that funny. The point is that, like, the second you sit there saying, in this week's parsha, half the community is already snoring, and, uh, yeah, you could say the same point over and over. Many rabbis do. That's why the speeches take three and a half hours, because they are saying the same point in 500 different times. Which reminds me of another story that you might want to share with your rabbi, although your rabbi definitely knows this one. Um, I guess this is the time of the year that people think about shul and rabbi, so these things are all coming up. Right, the story about the rabbi that's giving a five-hour sermon, and after the speech, uh, this lady walks over to him and says, Rabbi, I work for the local TV station, and uh, you spoke so well, really fantastic. And um, would you mind sharing your thoughts? But I can't give you five hours. Obviously, there's no show that long. How about you prepare in 45 minutes? Rabbi says, I'm sure I can make a plan. When can we do it? In about a month's time. A week later, she calls him and says, Rabbi, sorry, they can't give me 45 minutes. I can only get 20 minutes. Can you squeeze in 20 minutes? Ah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll try. I'll think about it. Sure, I'll do it in 20 minutes. A week later, she calls the rabbi and says, sorry, not, not 20 minutes. They're giving you nine minutes. Do you think you could do nine minutes? Oh, boy, that's a hard one. Nine minutes. Don't think I could give a speech in nine minutes. Uh, but it's on the TV. Da, 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 da. The crowd, okay, I can make a plan. And finally, two days before they're supposed to go live, she calls him and says, Rabbi, sorry, they cut it down again. Four and a half minutes. Can you give the speech in four and a half minutes? And he says, oh, that, that, that's, that's just too difficult. I, mean, I spoke for five hours. How can I give it in four and a half minutes? He says, listen, Rabbi, that's all I have. Take it or leave it. So he says, I'll take it. I could do it. She says, you could do the four and a half minutes. Yes, then why didn't you? <laughs> why didn't you? Um, yeah, so we get to be on the radio for an hour, although we do put music. So I guess this can be thrown back at me as well. Say, Rabbi, why couldn't you? Because I got an hour show, so I got to, got to talk longer. But ultimately, on Rosh Hashanah, as we said, the music's inspiring. The food has, I don't know if it's inspiring, but it offers uh, deep meaning, right? And all the foods we eat on the first night, second night, by day. The round chalas, the honey, the pomegranates, the, the various customs. Some people eat a fish head, uh, etc. Um, leeks and all the other foods that people eat. And then there's the meaning and ideas. Right? We, As human beings, we could get moved by ideas. And the question that I'm going to pose before we go into the, the music break is, which ideas are you walking into this year, Rosh Hashanah? What ideas are inspiring you? Or, or another way, what ideas are holding you back from inspiration, right? Certain, certain perception. I was talking to somebody two days ago, and they were telling me, Rabbi, I've become very cynical about life. I've had hardships, and serious hardships, no judgment, some serious hardships. And... Um, to become cynical about life. And that's an idea. Cynical perspective on life is a, is, a, is a view. It's a view of life that's negative, nihilistic. They might call it realistic. They might call it pragmatic. But ultimately, it's a, it's a dead-end philosophy. It doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't lead to inspiration. It doesn't lead to hope. Right? It leads to nothing. Um, so the, then the question is, what, what ideas do I have this year that are inspiring me? And what ideas do I have that are holding me back from inspiration? Because ultimately, it's our worldview that affects um, that affects us in very, very deep ways. And we have to ask ourselves, what's our worldview? Where is it holding us? Where is it uplifting? 
Is it de- deflating? Where is it taking us? Where are we? Um, and that's really the question. You could share your thoughts, obviously, 34519, if you have any ideas that you feel are finding you uplifted. But are you walking into this Chag feeling down, negative, scared? Someone told me they're terrified, feeling that the other shoe's going to drop. Are you feeling motivated? Are you feeling inspired? They're all based on ideas, uh, perceptions of what Rosh Hashanah is, perceptions of where we are at. And therefore, it's a perfect time to check our ideas out and to ask ourselves, what are we thinking? Where are we? Because we could have the best music and we could have the best food and the best choir and even a half-decent rabbi giving sermons. But fundamentally, if my ideas are worked, if I'm not showing up inspired, I'm not showing up open for inspiration, I'm not showing up with a feeling of upliftment, not going to feel much. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson. And here we are. We're in the zone. Hopefully we're getting into the zone. And it's Rosh Hashanah. Four days time. Three days time. Three days and a few hours. And uh, what a time of the year. What a zone. What a space that we have to be in. It's it's mainly a mental space. It's a it's a, it's a world view, right? We walk into Rosh Hashanah and we how we see it is how we feel. Am I walking into a scary day? Am I walking into a stressful day? Am I walking into a joyous day? Am I walking into a meaningless day? Am I walking into a meaningful day? Am I walking into a transformative time? Am I walking into a time that's going to be much of the same? Am I walking into deja vu and Groundhog Day where I've been here before and it's going to happen the same thing again? What am I walking into? That's the, that's the big question. And it's not what am I walking into as in what is going to happen to me. What am I going to happen to myself, right? Often we're showing up to a space, okay, I'm waiting to be inspired. Let's see if the speaker's amazing. Let's see if the zone's amazing. Let's see if that, let's see this, let's see that. That's one thing. But there's a whole other question, and that is, where am I showing up? What space am I going to walk into? Will I be open for the to be moved? Am I going to move myself? Am I going to set up a time? I was talking to a few people yes, a few days ago, and I was saying, you know, often we talk about Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, many hours spent in shul. Talk about hours, as if it's like some competition of how many hours, as if God looks at us and says, hmm, five hours is Rosh Hashanah, not good enough, I was expecting 16. Yom Kippur, eh, come on, you're showing up with only five hours, I was expecting about 14 over the 24-hour period. What, you slept on Yom Kippur, how dare you? Um, but I, listen, that's one way of counting it, quantity, but there's a whole other thing, quality. And I think quantity and quality are important. I don't think showing up for five minutes is, you know, for some people might be enough, but I do think that giving it a substantial amount of quantity time is important, but equally important, if not more important, is filling that quantity with quality. And my argument was that I find the most peaceful time of Shani Yom Kippur is early morning, when the crowds are not there. Most people, the crowds start filling in, piling in at 10 o'clock. That's people's headspace, okay? Need to be in shul at 10. Uh, 10, 10, 30, we'll stay for, till, for two hours, 12.30, the service will be over by 10, 12.40. Right? Most shuls have cut down their services. Um, the big shuls, it's weird to find a big shul that's finishing the service past one. 
20, 30 years ago, it was rare to find it finishing before two. On Yom Kippur, they finished two, they used to finish at three. Whatever, right? We've, uh, we've linked the crowd and we try to manage it. We start, we used to start 745, now we start eight, etc., etc. But I find the most peaceful time is when the crowds are not there. Right? Eight o'clock in the morning is not too early, let's be honest. Even for a weekend, many people are playing golf or they're having their kickoff or they're starting their bike ride on a Sunday morning before 8. Show up to show at 8. I know I'm talking on the radio, so that means hundreds of people are going to show up. Um, wishful thinking, maybe. Um, seriously, show up in, in, in the early time and, and have that zone before your friends are there, before the whole seat area around you is occupied, before the cock starts, right? The cock, the whole... Oh, this, that, oh, what the, oh, you were in that show last night, oh, tell me about it, what was it, was it a big crowd, small crowd, how did the rabbi speak, what, he spoke for 17 minutes, my gosh, he actually timed it, that's incredible, oh my gosh, wait, oh, was it okay, and uh, how was the dinner last night, fine, that's all important, that's all very, very transformative stuff, but before that, try to have some private time, otherwise you could spend, I don't know, seven, eight, nine hours in, uh, over a Rosh Hashanah and Shul, and out of it, how much of it's going to be moving? How much? Right? If I'm coming for the social scene, and I'm not saying it's a bad reason to come for it, right? some people, that's, that's what motivates them, the social scene, that's fine. But if I'm coming for the social scene, I'm having the kach, but I'm not having any time to reflect, to zone in, to feel, to feel, to feel something, to think about something, close myself out, right? There's a beautiful expression. It's an old, old expression. I don't know where it comes from. It's it's, it's in Hebrew. It's good to be alone amongst people, not lonely, and, and not alone in your room. And many people will say, oh, but I'm having a much more motivational time davening at home. No, no, no. It's good to be alone amongst people. So be surrounded from people, Take in the atmosphere from others, feel the aura, davening at home and davening at shul. Obviously, if you can't come to shul, then davening at home is okay. But if you can't come to shul, come to shul. Come to shul. Feel it amongst people. But in the shul, try not to become part of the crowd, but still be an individual. Be alone amongst crowds. Get into the zone. Feel something. Think about something. Reflect. Try to you know, question your ideas, try to try to walk out moved. Not for the sake of, of feeling, right? Feelings are cute, but that's not the point. The point is to really to, to jolt us and move us. A good Rosh Hashanah is not Rosh Hashanah that I felt something. A good Rosh Hashanah is a Rosh Hashanah that changed me. That elevated me. That I'm carrying it through to the next year. That something shifted. But you, you you all know this. We all have moments in our lives, hopefully many, but usually not too many, of something that clicks. Something you 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 knew for a long time that you're supposed to exercise, and then something clicked, and you started exercising. You knew for a long time that you have to work on your marriage, but then something clicked, and you realized it's time to invest. You knew for a while that your child is not okay and that you need to deal, do something about it, but you avoided it. And then hopefully at some stage something clicked and you, you took ownership on it and you made it happen. That's really what...
but we're hoping for an Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur energy, for something to click, for an aha moment, where something just, the penny drops, you know, all these expressions. But the point is, like, something just, it, it snaps into place, and suddenly you realize, I gotta change. That's it. I got to change. I gotta make changes in my life. Not, yeah, 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 I should make changes. Not that you're inspired to change. But you actually change. You actually make that mental shift that says, enough. Right? That's tshuva. What's tshuva? What is the idea of repentance and return? The idea that you say, enough. I'm done with X and I'm going down to Y. I am no longer going on this route. I'm moving there. But it's not just like a nice token shift. It's not a token transformation. It's deep. It's, it's, it's like a new pathway is created in your brain. A new view of yourself that says, enough. I don't want to be cynical. Enough. I don't want to be a kvetch. Enough. I don't want to be pessimistic. Enough. I don't want to hold grudges all the time. Enough. I don't want to feel self-pity for myself all the time. Enough. I don't want to fight with people. Enough. I don't want to be so dafka. Enough. Whatever it is. Enough. I don't want to feel so dis connected from my heritage, whatever it is, but like there's this screaming that in, in, in internal screaming that says enough. I need a redirect. That's what I believe is a, a, what, a, what a meaningful Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is. It doesn't have to be in all the areas because none of us are going to change overnight in all areas. Not necessarily is it healthy to even do so. But in one area, whatever area is irking you the most, and you know that God is calling upon you, that voice inside of you, that gut, which I believe is God's voice, is calling on you and saying, come on, stop. Stop being such a kvetch. Stop being so faribaldic. Stop holding so many grudges. Stop being so angry. Stop being so cynical. Whatever it is, that voice that you know inside you that's called, invest in your marriage. Stop blaming the, the, your spouse. Stop Ignoring the stuff that are going on at home, deal with stuff, whatever it is. That voice, that voice is calling upon us and we need to listen to it. And if we listen to at least one voice and we make that penny drop, we make that mental shift, we, we rearrange our values to accommodate that change that needs to happen, then wow! That is a transformative Rosh Hashanah. That is a Yom Kippur that, right, that's... And I just want to sit on what, what I said for just a moment. Sometimes you, you set a target, but the values you have are not aligned with the target. So you know that I have to get to X. I have to be a happy person. But my values are not necessarily leading me to happiness. Then I have to realign my values to hit my target. Because if my values are not allowing me to get to my target, I'll never get there. If I want to live a life of serenity, but yet I listen to the news every day, and my value is I have to know about every single ounce of corruption that's happening in every single dimension of the country, and there's nothing I could do about it other than feel sorry for myself, then my value and my destination are not aligning. I'll never find contentment. I have to figure out what my value is and then realign my I have to figure out my destination and my moral compass, and then I have to align my compass to get there. And no better time of the year to do it than Rosh Hashanah. So that's really where we're at. That's really um, where we're heading. 
that we have to um, realign ourselves to the best of our ability. I, I remember growing up, there was um, before before blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, the shul I grew up in, Chabad headquarters in Brooklyn. So I remember each year someone would clap, make a big bang on the, on the bima in the center of the room, and they would say, Mizal gedenken vumenstedt umfarbremenmenstedt. In Yiddish, but in English it translates, remember where you're standing and before whom you're standing. That's where Rosh Hashanah is. Where are you and who are you standing before? This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. This is, uh, you're listening to the music of, uh, it's actually composed by Hillel Palay. The song is Vishay Rebo. And we're listening to Rosh Hashanah music again to, to bring us into the zone through music. And we're trying to explore various ideas that could get us in the zone. And just before the break, we were talking about this concept that says something has to shift. There's no greater moment in a person's life than when something clicks in their brain. I would say even more than the joys of life. The joys of life are are grateful and they're beautiful. Um, and they, they give us motivation, but they're not as transformative as when some, something clicks in our brain and we actually get it. That's why teaching and inspiring is such a rewarding profession. Because that moment when something, aha, I get it. Now that's nice in any topic. You're teaching mathematics, you're teaching the sciences, but how much more so when you're teaching ideas that are transformative, right? That could literally change a person's life. I don't believe there's anything more rewarding than having something be digested and like, yeah, I get it. I agree. That's what I need in my life. But even more rewarding than teaching someone the idea is experiencing the idea to yourself. Right? You could hear a lot of ideas for a long time, but then at what some stage you get it, hopefully. I mean, even the Talmud says, It takes 40 years to really understand what your teacher was telling you. Right? You could have heard a piece of wisdom from your parent or your teacher years ago, but it could take decades until the real aha happens. You know the words, but you don't get it. Right? You could get a kid that, to study um, a scientific principle and re- repeat it back to you for a hundred times, but they don't get it. Like, how can they? They, they, they? There's so much more knowledge that's necessary before the idea can actually click. Right? There's so much ideas of wisdom that we can all quote various cute ideas that we heard. But then at some stage in our life, it clicks. As a parent, you wait for that moment when it, like all the ideas, hopefully good ideas that you're sharing with your kids finally click and they, they make it their own. Because that's really what happens when it clicks. It's no longer my idea that I shared with you. It's now your idea because you digest in your own way. It resonated within your own brain, within your own heart, based on your experiences and based on your worldview. And it's no longer the teacher's idea. It's your idea. I remember teaching in high school and, you know, I would 
pontificate as I tend to do. Um, and the boys would say, so are you, bunch, are you trying to create a bunch of clones of yourself, Rabbi? You want us to all just believe everything you believe? I said, no, that would be a failure. And I meant it. That's what a dictator wants. I just hope that these ideas inspire you to think and they open up a portal in your brain and then something clicks in your own way. And by the time you now have the idea, it's a totally different idea than mine. It might be based on the same values and principles, but it's unique to you, the way it's understood, the way it resonates, the way it impacts is your idea. And go run with it. It's yours. Because each one of us is going to digest stuff our own way, right? One sermon can be given to a show 500 people, and everyone's going to hear it a different way, and that's excluding the 250 people who fell asleep during the sermon. But we all have to experience it and digest it in our own way. And that's what we're trying to do on Rosh Hashanah, for something, some, at least one idea to click. In Yiddish, there's two words that are very similar, but they're very different. There's many, but for the sake of this type of conversation, there's heden. In English, I would spell it H-E-R-E-N. Heden, that's to hear. And then there's dead heden, to really understand. It's a D-E-R before the H-E-R-E-N. Dead heden. It's a very different. It's not just, it's not only do you hear, it's do you get it? Is it part of you? Has it become part of the process, has it digested in you, right? You can eat food, but it won't digest well, and it could just give you a stomachache, or it's just going gonna, gonna to add nothing. Did you chew over the idea? Did you, did you digest the idea? Did it become part of you? Or did you just swallow the idea like a, like a burger? You just stuffed it in your mouth. It didn't actually, it wasn't healthy. It didn't actually make you feel better. It didn't do anything. Are you digesting? Are you biting the idea slowly? Is it becoming part of you? Right? Knowledge is like food. Those are two things that can become part of you. Everything else can happen to you, but not necessarily can it actually change the, the very fabric of, of your makeup. Food can change you, and ideas can change you. And that's what ideas are there for. To, for something, at least one idea that we need in our life. To click, to dead hair, to become one with that idea. Right? We all, there's something waiting to be, to be absorbed in our system. We all have something that's waiting. In other words, if I ask you, what's the one area in your life that you need to change? You know something. Unless you're a real narcissist or you're total denial. You know. So what's holding you back? It could be habits, it could be a bunch of stuff, but sometimes it's, and often it's, it didn't click. I know I have to do it. I know I should eat better, but it, it didn't click. I don't get it. It's not clicked. I know I have to connect to my creator. I know that I have to take on another mitzvah. I know that I need Shabbos in my life. I know that I, I need to forgive all the grudges. I know it, but I don't know it. Can you imagine if this Rosh Hashanah, whatever you need to know, you know? How awesome would that be? And in order to do that, I believe, give ourselves time. Set ourselves up for inspiration. Get into the zone. For the next few days, get in the zone. Then our Rosh Hashanah, get into this, not into the zone that others are creating. Create your own zone and, and make yourself like, I need it. And then, at that moment, 
just like the famous story of Rabbi Akiva that was so inspired when he saw raindrops finally penetrating a rock after many years. The rock that's our brain, it could also be penetrated if we allow it to open and if we are committed to make the penny drop. This is 101.9 Haifa. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. I want to spend the last minute or two of my show sending blessings your way. We're here we are. We're about to enter a year, a uh, Hebrew year. We're entering the, the year 5784, Rosh Hashanah. It's going to be on Shabbos. That means it's going to be a Shabbos. It's going to be a Shabbos year. It's going to be a year of, of, of peace, hopefully, in the year of Shabbat. It's entering a 13-month year in the Jewish calendar, a leap year, with an extra month of joy. Month of Adar. My blessing to each and every one of us is that obviously God should send us all a good year and a sweet year and should write us and inscribe us in a year of abundance. And we should also inscribe ourselves for a good year by making good decisions, by living up to our values, by being the kind of people that we can be proud of by living out the values that we want our kids to live out, by living them out ourselves. We should have a year of, of connection and passion and upliftment. We should be in a space of serenity. We should live wherever we live with calmness. I've said it so many times, one of the curses I find that so many people in South Africa have is inability of being calm. Everyone's a bunch of Jeremiah's walking around giving doomsday prophecies. I've been in this country 12 years, and every single month I've heard at least one person tell me for the 12 years, Rabbi, there's three years left. Well, I've been here 12. And many of my colleagues, I spoke to a friend, a colleague of mine, it's not a friend, he's much older than me, he came here in the 70s. And when he came here in the 70s, people said, are you crazy? This country has three months left. Well, that's one of those ridiculous prophecies. I mean, Jeremiah was a prophet of God. He had to give those prophecies. But for all of us running around giving prophets of doom, prophecies of doom, let's live a year of, of serenity. Let's live a year of peace, a year of, of gratitude, a year of hope, a year of putting our, hand, our lives in God's hands, a year of family, a year of living for the present, a year of sweetness, right? We wish each other sweet year, honey, right? Where does honey come from? The bee. Bees sting, but they also create honey. May we have the bees in our life, the stings of our life, where we learn how to turn them into honey. It's a year of sweetness and goodness. Do good. Right? Shana Tova, a year of good. It's not only a good year, it's a year of goodness. A year of bringing goodness to others, a year of sweetness to others. May we usher in that time for ourselves with God's help. Amen. Wishing you Shana Tova, Matuka. This is Kolni Dre, as sung by Avram Fried. Have a great year. Please, God. Many good shows in the years 5784. God bless you. Shana Tova.